Welcome to Building Bridges for Translational Research, a special edition podcast series produced by the Scientist Creative Services team. This series is brought to you by Cytiva, a global provider of technologies and services that advance and accelerate therapeutic development, manufacturing, and delivery. To take preclinical concepts to the market, translational researchers must build strong relationships and forge fruitful partnerships that support their work. In this podcast, we talk with groundbreaking translational researchers and industry experts about their experiences developing technologies and therapies for improving human health and our world at large. Translational research cannot be conducted in a vacuum. For a translational researcher to be successful, they need to build strong relationships with individuals, companies, and institutions that will provide useful support and expertise. In this episode, Nikki Spahic from the Scientist Creative Services team spoke with Linda Mathiason, Strategic Customer Leader for Nucleic Acid Therapeutics at Cytiva, about the flourishing translational field of mRNA therapies and opportunities for researchers to form worthwhile partnerships that support their therapeutic endeavors. Hello, Linda. Thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to talk about translational research, particularly in the mRNA therapeutic area. But first, tell me a little more about yourself. I am a molecular biotechnologist by training, and I've been working in the life sciences industry for 23 years. I've been with Cytiva for the last 14 years in various roles, many years in R&D. Now I work in a team supporting nucleic acid therapeutics, and I work with more strategic collaborations and customer relations in the mRNA field. I'm also looking into new technologies and application areas and develop solutions for this rapidly moving field. In your opinion, what translational research areas could have the greatest effect on human health in the coming years? Translational research is a very important stepping stone, sort of where we apply discoveries that have been generated during research in the lab and in preclinical studies to clinical trials and manufacturing. And I think it is especially important here in mRNA therapies, where a lot of innovation and development of technologies is likely to happen. mRNA is a new area, even though it has been worked on for decades, of course, but it is young as a biotherapeutic or a vaccine for larger patient populations. We are all on a very exciting learning journey, and we have to work together in the industry to unlock and discover the true potential of the mRNA technology. We need to collaborate between researchers, drug developers, suppliers, regulatory agencies, even more than we have before. What is some of the work that needs to be done to accomplish this? Since it is still in its infancy, a lot of basic research is ongoing and remains to be done to discover its full potential. And the most promising discoveries will need to be efficiently transferred to DMP scales to reach patients as quick as possible. And the speed in which this field is moving is very high. Translational research centers can therefore play an important role in efficiently bridging this gap and help to increase the speed of getting these efficient therapeutics to the market. mRNA therapeutics and vaccines have garnered a lot of attention in the past couple years. Tell me more about their potential applications. Before the pandemic hit, there was a big interest in in cancer therapies, for example, cancer vaccines. When the pandemic hit, companies working with mRNA in the oncology field could quickly swap to work on a prophylactic vaccine against COVID-19. And now we see an increasing interest again in the oncology space, but also the use in other 
therapies like metabolic diseases, rare diseases, or other infectious diseases as well. Vaccines for flu, Zika virus, and potential new pandemics. Why are researchers so interested in developing mRNA therapeutics? Do they have benefits compared to traditional drugs? There are some distinct benefits to the mRNA technology as therapeutics. Speed is the first one. Most traditional vaccines against viral diseases are grown in chicken eggs or mammalian cells. And this process can be both complex, require many chemicals and take longer time to produce, like months. The other aspect is safety. You don't need to produce a large number of virus particles that can be dangerous in certain aspects. And also mRNA is non-infectious, doesn't enter the nucleus and it don't interfere with DNA in cells. The third and last one to bring up, flexibility and cost. An mRNA process can be sort of scaled and standardized relatively quickly. And if you have a flexible manufacturing line and the goal is sort of to have minimal changes in the process between programs, that can also reduce sort of the overall cost. Can you tell me a little more about how mRNA vaccines are produced? mRNA vaccines are manufactured in a cell-free process. You have the sequence of interest electronically, uh, containing a code for the protein you want the body or your cells to express, for example, in a vaccine. With help of that, a DNA template is produced, either by producing plasmids containing the sequence of interest, or you use a cell-free technology. Then you have a raw material, a template for starting the mRNA production process itself. It starts with an enzymatic in vitro transcription process to generate the mRNA, followed by a number of purification steps. These can, for example, be chromatography, tangential flow filtration and sterile filtration steps, depending on your process, on your mRNA. The mRNA is then mixed with lipids, for example, to form lipid nanoparticles, followed by perhaps dilution and filtration or purification steps again before aseptic filling into vials. While manufacturing mRNA therapeutics may be quicker than traditional therapeutics, that doesn't mean that their development is simple. What are some challenges that researchers face when developing and manufacturing mRNA therapeutics? And where can they get help? There are a number of considerations to make. To choose scalable technologies early in the development process will save time and money when transferring the process from a lab to a GMP environment. Stability of the mRNA is also a challenge to handle. To prevent degradation through the development and manufacturing process, the shipping, and also when it enters the body. The 5' prime cap and a 3' prime tail in linear mRNAs protects the molecule from degradation, for example. Encapsulation in lipid nanoparticles or lipoplexes supports the stability also in delivery. And also to have a strategy for handling RNAs work RNAs-free is of great importance to avoid degradation. There is nothing like a set mRNA platform yet. Depending on the characteristics of your RNA, you need to test what capping or purification strategies will suit best for your molecule. mRNA is a tenfold about larger than the globular protein of similar molecular weight, and that put requirements on the purification. It is different in comparison for purifying monoclonal antibodies. The safety and efficacy of an mRNA-based vaccine are affected by the structure of the RNA forms. For example, double-stranded RNA is triggering immune reactivity and needs to be removed in the purification. 
And an alternative is to work on your IVT reaction to try to hinder the formation of double-stranded RNAe then. The mRNA-LMP formation step can be a challenge, for example, due to lacking experience and expertise in the field, and you are working with very high concentrations of ethanol in this step when scales are increasing. To overcome these hurdles, it can be good to team with a partner that can provide these expertise areas and services. Beyond steps in the manufacturing workflow, are there other aspects of mRNA therapeutic development that may challenge researchers? If we put the manufacturing part aside for a bit, there are still challenges to overcome to bring successful mRNA therapeutics to the market. The use of an mRNA in a gene therapy application, for example, where you want to affect a gene expression, not generating an immune response. It is different than used in a prophylactic vaccine like the COVID-19 vaccines, where an immune response is the goal. Delivery to a certain organ and a certain cell type in an organ is still a challenge. The specificity, the expression levels, the dosing strategy needed for a therapeutic need to be explored and determined for the therapeutics, in addition to the clinical efficacy, of course. There is a lot of research ongoing and needed to overcome obstacles. For oncology vaccines, for example, it is a challenge to handle the tumor heterogeneity and the mutation rate to get an efficient vaccine, both if you develop an individualized therapy which is a unique therapy designed for an individual's tumor and when working on a common vaccine, a vaccine to many. But to bring science and learnings in areas like this to the clinic will be crucial. And that's where I see that translational research centers can play a significant role. And if we move back a little bit to the manufacturing piece again, to bring your idea, your product to the market, one aspect to consider is the tech transfer, the scaling of a process from lab to a DMP scale. It can be cumbersome and time-consuming. If you have used scalable technologies already in your lab, it will be easier and less time-consuming. And you will know how your technologies work. And if you have solutions also from the same provider, you can even move methods and protocols between scales and you will know and recognize the equipment, for example. And at Saitiva, we have a track record of experience and expertise in developing products and solutions for both lab and GMP scale. So this enables faster and smoother tech transfer. We can also be a good partner for setting up an mRNA process, the steps you need from start to finish, the DNA template creation, mRNA production, encapsulation, formulation, and all the way to aseptic filling in different scales. We can also be a partner for automation and integration of an mRNA process. I want to mention also that Vetsaitiva is a Danaher company, so working with us also give you a vast network of knowledge and services from other Danaher operating companies, for example, Aldevron and Saix. Uh, we will also soon to be a, one company together with Paul and Precision Nanosystems under the name Saitiva which will be super valuable from a customer perspective, as together we will cover the whole mRNA workflow. So this is very exciting. You mentioned that after the rush to develop mRNA vaccines against SARS-CoV-2, researchers are now pivoting mRNA therapeutic development to other disease areas. How have researchers' needs changed as they have shifted their focus? After the pandemic response, we are now also working with customers to support even smaller scales. We are still supporting the whole workflow, but perhaps five or even two liter lines, the in vitro transcription reaction volume. 
For example, if you have two liter line, you can get out 200 grams of mRNA. The doses we get for vaccines can be 50 to 100 micrograms. There are already a couple of million of doses that comes from those very small processes. There will be sort of smaller patient populations for other infectious diseases and for therapies. Many of the vaccines that have come out lately is the linear mRNAs. We see a big interest in moving towards self-amplifying RNAs or circular RNAs, which will enable 10 to 100 times lower doses, which can also drive down the scales. It's actually a very exciting technology, the mRNA technology spanning from pandemic response to a personalized therapy. It's amazing. Getting processes to work at different scales seems to be something that often plagues translational researchers. Why is that, and how can scientists deal with this challenge? When you are in a lab, you are typically like microliters or very small scales, and you need to sort of transform that to work for production in early clinical phases. Not all technologies that you use in labs work for manufacturing. So I think that is one important piece that you use methodologies already in the lab that you later can scale up when you are going to produce larger batches. So the sort of mindset of thinking about manufacturing already when you are in research is very important and definitely for the translational research centers that are going to do this task in their groups. If you have smaller processes, you don't want to produce so large volumes, but you want to sort of have multiple lines going at the same time in your facility. You will need to scale out. You need almost the same volumes as you do in process development, but the requirements are different. In Cytiva, we do have both the equipment in different scales. We do have the equipment, the automation that can facilitate scale-up. We also have a long history of biomanufacturing from process development up to GMP manufacturing. As translational research in the mRNA therapeutic field continues, what do you see as the most important factor for its success? Collaboration will be a key for the success for the industry to unlock the full potential of the mRNA technology. Both when it comes to new RNA variants with different challenges to overcome and the delivery systems to get efficient targeting, uptake, protein expression in the cell, for example. Suppliers and vendors, they need to keep up with technology so that we can support scientific development and so that the therapeutics to be manufactured in the end. Regulatory questions related to mRNA or other nucleic acid therapeutics will also be important to get drugs to the market quicker. As we get lower doses required for mRNA prophylactic vaccines or smaller patient populations, the number of processes run per year will most likely increase. So the example of personalized therapies, if you're going to run thousands of batches or thousands of patients per year, that will require a lot of data management. Digitalization will be key to get these amounts logged and even released. That is an area where we can also collaborate more and where Cytiva might have solutions that works also for smaller translational labs, where you might not want these larger overarching control systems like Delta V or Siemens, for example. It is also important for us as as a supplier, as a vendor, to engage with key opinion leaders in the field to discuss where the field is heading, because we need to understand how to act so that we can build solutions that support scientific progress. Saitiva has partnered with the TESTA Center, a translational research facility. As we conclude, can you tell me more about this collaboration? 
Tessa Center is an innovation center located in Uppsala in Sweden with the purpose to advance bioprocess development, basically. It is a collaboration between the Swedish government and Saitiva to improve the future of biological medicines. We have a facility that includes start-to-finish bioprocessing labs. Researchers that don't have access to bioprocess facilities can come and ask for a slot and test their ideas while keeping the ownership of their results and their intellectual property. So they keep that, that they get access to the knowledge and the technology that we have. It is a bridge between research and industrial production of biopharmaceuticals, yeah, where researchers can get access to high-quality technology, bioprocess expertise, authentic environments for process and digitalization technologies. That sounds like a great resource for those researchers that need it. Thank you so much for joining me. Do you have any final words for our audience? By collaborating with the TESTA Center, Citiva is providing the opportunity to enable these researchers to come and test their ideas in order to be successful in bringing their ideas to an industrial environment. TESTA Center is also providing training on biomanufacturing systems that could be of value. Speed to market is always important, but in the mRNA field, the speed from research to clinic is incredibly high. And that is why we are so excited about the opportunities in mRNA and translational research and where these two intersect. Partnership and collaboration will be crucial in bringing the next wave of therapeutics to reality. Thank you for listening to the final episode of Building Bridges for Translational Research. And thanks again to Linda Matheson, Strategic Customer Leader at Cytiva. To keep up to date with future podcast series, follow The Scientist on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to The Scientist Lab Talk wherever you get your podcasts.